Maybe. Hey, there we go. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mental Dimes NCAA Basketball Podcast presented to you by Mental Dimes. If you don't know who we are, we want to become your number one place for all your sporting news. So please go check us out at mentaldimes.com. Uh, or you can follow us for all of your current updates. You want NHL coverage, the NBA playoffs, to fantasy football, whatever it may be. You can follow us at Mental Dimes on all our social media platforms, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. And today we are lucky. We are joined here by Dr. Bradley, and we are going to get to in- to introducing him here in a second. But Shay, we ready to go? We're ready. Let's do it. All right, guys, so we're fortunate enough tonight to be joined by Dr. Bradley. Um, if you're not familiar with him, averaged 13 points per game last year with Salt Lake Community College. Um, member of the number one ranked JUCO school at the D1 level last season for most of the year. Um, went to the national title game and has recently committed to New Mexico State. Um, so, let, Doc, let's go back to the beginning of your college career. Uh, you commit to Cal State Fullerton out of high school. Uh, you redshirt mm-hmm. 2019-20. And then in 2020-21, obviously everyone knows going through the pandemic, you finally get to uh, start playing in games. What was that experience like during a time with so much so much uncertainty? Um. Well, first, I'm gonna start with like so like when I went to college, it was like real fast for me. So like I really didn't know what to expect. Cause I didn't play my senior year; I was injured my senior year, and then um. When I finally got the chance to play my uh, sophomore year at the uh, red shirting, it was just, um, it was a lot, a lot for me. It was like, I was dealing with emotions. I was dealing with pressure and just stuff like that. I just had to learn how to like settle down and really just, um, really just lock in really for that second year. And what, like, so what, first of all, what drew you to Cal State Fullerton? Were they just the, the team that heavily recruited you, or was that, like, somewhere where you really wanted to go? Um, it was close to home, and I felt like I had a good relationship with the head coach. And then um, he came to um, a home visit, and my mom just clicked with him. And so if my mom liked him, then I thought it would be good for me, too. Yeah, that's how it goes. And so, like, so with Cal Cal State, like, I, it sounds like it was obviously, like, a pretty, like, chaotic time for you. You got the pandemic. You got, like, you're, you know, it's a lot of adjustment. But I think it became probably came clear to you, like, you could obviously play at the Division One level. But then you make the choice after the pandemic to kind of drop down to the junior college. And I say drop down in, in quotes because SLCC is obviously a very premier junior college. I mean, you guys put up, like, 150 points in a game, for God's sake. But <laughs> – um, why, so what kind of motivated that shift to go to Salt Lake city, as opposed to maybe staying at Cal state? Yeah. So when I left from Cal state Fullerton, I had options to go D one, but I didn't like the options. So then, um, I already like betting on myself cause I felt like I can go better. So I yeah. chose Juco just to like, gain my confidence back. Cause when I was at Fullerton, I lost my confidence. I just, I had to find myself really. So I used Juco to find myself and um, 
yeah, it was just it was good for me. I went JUCO, gained confidence, got better, and showed really what I can really do. Cause like at Fullerton, um, I played how they wanted me to play. Like I didn't get really get to show yeah. what Dr. Bradley really is, and the film wasn't good enough for me. Like it wasn't really what I wanted to be at the next level. So I just chose JUCO to really reinvent myself and bet on myself. So you found yourself in a big way down there. Um, you guys go 35 and two last year. You're traveling all over the country, playing in Texas, Cal, Idaho, uh, Utah, Nevada, you know, you name it. Go all the way to the D1 NJCAA National Championship game. So really, what is that whole experience last year with SLCC? How is that gonna, you know, translate going to New Mexico State, you know, one of the best mid-major programs in the country? Um, really, it taught me how to be a winner. Really, like, um, high school, we really didn't do that good. And then Sol uh, Fullerton, we really didn't do that good. So this is, like, the first – when I went to uh, JUCO, it was, like, really, like, my first real real year of, like, really, really being a winner and knowing what it takes to, like, really be a winner. Like, we got to be bought in. That taught me – that taught me how to be bought in because we had um, a lot of good players. So I'm thinking, like, when I committed there, I'm thinking, like, how is this going to work? Like, it's so many good players. And, like, I'm thinking, like, coming from D1, going to JUCO, I'm at the average, like – 30 again. Uh, yeah, yeah, like 30 to like go back to D1. So right. I'm like, dang, should I like transfer? So I'm thinking, and I just trust the process really, and just it taught me how to really be a winner. And just so that kind of feeds into my next question. Um, I think I was reading somewhere you guys had like eight or nine guys that have already signed or committed with Division One schools for next year um, on one roster, yeah. which obviously like. It's a very talented people that don't know JUCO. It's very talented, very fast paced. But you know, obviously, you're not playing against Kentucky, Duke, Kansas every night. So, what was that experience like? And was it tough for some guys to kind of adjust it to like you know the amount of minutes and shots you're going to get when you know that you're a Division One athlete, but you got nine guys playing at that level? Yeah, we all had to learn how to sacrifice that because um, we all know we could have went somewhere else and averaged thirty and had a bunch of offers. But I feel like Salt Lake, it really, like, um, it really taught us how to, like, deal with the D1 level. Because at the D1 level, you're not going to be the best player all the time. Right. And, um, average 30. So it really taught us how to, like, sacrifice playing time and and sacrifice scoring the most and being the guy on the team. So really, that's really. So, so it's basically like a NCAA Division One roster. So you're kind of already, you know, going into next year, you're already going to be prepared. Yeah, you for sure prepare. And was there ever a time? So, in watching some of like your highlight reels, like obviously there's a bunch of you, but like just watching your team play, it honestly looked like older brother playing like the little kid on the playground. Like, was there ever a time where you were like, dude, we are so good, we are just going to run these teams out of the gym? <laughs> yeah, it was for sure. And then that, <laughs> it was that was like a good thing and a bad thing too, though, because it's like sure. hard to stay focused. Yeah, it's like when you're playing against, like, teams where you can blow them out by 100, it's just like <laughs> – it's like you got to still – like, I, people tell me, like – all right, so I have a problem with, like – so if I'm playing against, like, somebody lower, I, like, don't go as hard as I should. So it's like a lot of our – yeah, a lot of my teammates had a problem with, like, we just got we can't adjust to our level. We gotta just still always play hard and 
you yeah. know? I feel like that's kind of when you see a big upset in NCAA tournament, that's kind of like Kentucky playing at St. Peter's. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. They're just focus and stuff isn't there. So that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I, I'm i saying that because I'm about to show a highlight reel of you here after a little bit. And the, <laughs> the very first thing is like a guy throwing an alley oop to you off the ground. I was like, oh my God, this is just child. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, <Chase>. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are obviously, I mean, an incredible roster. You guys make a full championship run. Um, but at some point at the end of your season, um, you're playing against your new coach, Greg Hyar, or the, you're playing against him in you know the junior college championships. When did he kind of reach out to you um, once he realized that he had the gig at New Mexico State? And like, what was his pitch to you to come join him there? Um, He reached out to me like two. Ooh, like a week and a half after Hutch. So like yeah. a week and a half or two weeks after Hutch, I think it was. Yeah. And um, his pitch was just like um, he knew that I was a guard. And it's just like most people will want to play me as, you know, like something like a post or something like that. He yeah. knew a lot about me, like and believed in me, believed in my game. So he said uh, when I go there next year, it will be like. He plays like a place out where it's like four guards and one big. And I would be like the fourth guard sure. on the court. So, like, I'll be working out with the point guards and getting my guard skills right and stuff like that. And I really liked how that sound. And um, another thing, I just – I going from Fullerton, I learned that, like, if you don't have a good relationship with the coach, the head coach, then nothing really matters. Like, that's how I feel now because, like, 100%. I got to go with, like, who I trust now. I had, Of course, I had other offers that I could have went to. But, like, if you don't have a good relationship with the head coach, then it really wasn't, like, a good pitch for me. So, quickly, was there any high majors that reached out to you at all last year? Yeah. Um, Ole Miss hit me up. Uh, Arizona State. Oh, wow. Georgetown. Uh, Utah. Uh, I'll say Tulsa. Oh, that's big time. It was a lot of a handful of big time offers. So high, obviously hired, like, like you said, like you, you had a good relationship with him. Um, so yeah. he and you are about to jump into, you know, a WAC, you lose Chris Jans as a head coach. Um, and so the Aggies are kind of in a big transition year and bringing in a lot of new guys, obviously with any coaching change that's going to happen. So what do you think is the one thing, that your team is going to need or need to focus on in order to kind of stay, you know, at the top of the conference, like the Aggies typically are. Uh, I would just say staying consistent through ups and downs and just like believing in each other and like believing in each other and uh, just trusting coach GH really. Is that, what you, is that what you guys call him? Yeah. We call him GH. I like that. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to reach out to him at random, like, GH, what's up, man? And just, like, try and get <laughs> in there. We're cool. Yeah, he real cool. cool. That's my guy. That's sweet. <laughs> so, what about you individually? Like, what are you working on the most as you're transitioning to New Mexico State? And what what do you think you can bring to the table in the WAC? Um, I think right now, over the summer, I'm really working on, like, getting my shot off faster and working on a mid-range game. And then, Really just, like, a lot of shooting, a lot of shooting. 
And then um, I feel like next year what I could bring to the WAC would be just playing hard, giving a lot of effort, most of all, and then just showing my versatility and just helping my team out any way I could, really, just being a defender, rebounding. Yeah. Man, Trevor, yeah. you're, you're a coach. Any coach would love that answer. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a five-star answer. You've done this before, I think. Yeah. So, <laughs> All right, so um, for our viewers, um, if you're not following Doc on Instagram, you got to do it now. Uh, just has crazy bounce. Um, he's 6'8", by the way, and you got to have like a 40-inch vertical from what the videos I've seen. I think Trevor and I saw last week, you jumped off two feet and hit your head off the rim, like your forehead. Yeah, um, I did. I had like a knot. You're like, oh, damn. Yeah. yeah, I was still going up. I didn't even know I was going to do that. I was going to say, I feel like you hit your chin off the rim if you kept going. Um, <laughs> God, what we would give to be able to do that. <laughs> but um, this kind of goes off that, you know, we're seeing your highlights right now. Was there one dunk in a game like where you really posterized somebody and like felt like, wow, that was crazy. I just did that. Um, yeah, I would say the first one that went viral, it was like, it was all on Sports Center, Ball is Life, ESPN, it was all that. And then, uh, so I was like driving down the lane, and I didn't think I was going to dunk it. Like, I was like, let me just try it. Let me just try to dunk this. And I jumped. I kept on going up and up and up and up. And then <laughs> I dunked on him, and then um, I came down, and he he got up and said, Good job, man. I've been waiting for you to do that to me the whole game. <laughs> I said, whoa. I, I said, what you mean? He was like, he was like, we watched all your highlights before this game. Oh, oh wow. Is that one like, of the things? He, he got up. You can watch the video. He got up and hit me in my, my like my butt. Not not like that, but like hit me in my yeah. butt. It was like, good job, man. I've been waiting for you to do that the whole game. I'm like, whoa. That's gotta be one of the things you guys Thanks. think about Yeah, I was like, I don't know what to say. I'm like. Jeez, all right. <laughs> was that the one where you're driving down the uh, from the right wing, and you, I think you took off from outside the paint, and you kind of you dunked it with one hand, and you're kind of hanging on the rim, and then fell. Was that the one? No, nah, not that one. That not was that. that was a different one. It was the other one when I came straight down the middle. Oh, okay. I just dunked it, and I like looked at him, but and he got up happy. I was like, whoa. <laughs> well, this is not the one I just <laughs> Yeah, that was not the reaction. <laughs> Can you take us through the one I just explained? Like what? Oh. What's it through your head when you jump? Like I, I can't. I mean, obviously we can't do that, so I don't know what that feels like. I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa! Speak for yourself. I mean, yeah. I, 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 he tried to tell me he's five eight. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. I don't. Most of the time, I, don't, I just don't even think I'm gonna dunk it. I swear to you, it's just like I jump and I'm like right by the rim, so I'm like, oh. Let me just throw that in here real quick. <laughs> really? <laughs> but like that, the second one you was talking about was um it was a play. It was a play called a uh, box right or something like that. I forgot. And a dude, most people that's like my height is not don't have like the same amount of speed as me, athleticism. So I just like hit him with like one move in and out. And then he was like on my hips. So I'm like, I'm about to dunk on him. I got to. Because he was taller than me too. But I gotta dunk on him. So I was really trying to dunk that one for sure. And now I wanted to hang on the rim so I don't fall and land on him, but yeah. I didn't. I was going to say, he was right underneath you. You definitely posterized him. Yeah. <laughs> God. So have you always had 
like that super athletic ability like has that just been something that has been like kind of gifted to you or is that something you had really developed like all through high school and like over time um nah i haven't always had this it was um so like my freshman year of high school i couldn't dunk and then like freshman summer i got like my first dunk then sophomore year i didn't have bounce like that junior year that's when it came i feel like it came like that but i was like working on like i never did like burden max or anything like that i always did like sand dunes and like pool workouts and then i just started jumping higher and higher and then Trevor, you hear that you can start working out tomorrow. Maybe, uh, <laughs> so I, I asked because I need to know what do I need to do to get to take <laughs> two years. <laughs> yeah, tippy toe raises and a shower, everything. Yeah, I could it. not dunk. I wanted to be able to dunk bad. <laughs> Trevor, you're in for the long haul. You better start tonight. I'm, I might. <laughs> now, I think by next season, uh, you know, New Mexico State, give me a call. Bring me a <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, but maybe one day. Maybe, but. So follow-up question for you. Um, I, so as a high school coach, like right now, I have a lot of, you know, I, I get a lot of players who come through and are like, think they know exactly what they need to work on because all high school kids are super experts on everything, which is funny. But like, if you had some advice for like a high school player who wants to jump into the next level or who clearly has the capability, what is the one thing that you would want them to work on? Whether it's like physically or, you know, mentally, emotionally, socially, whatever. What's one like, thing you would say you need to develop before you can play at this next level your mentality really i would say just like the way you think you got to be strong-minded for sure because at the next level the d1 coaches they'll just go right over you like it's just like you got to be strong-minded for sure because like my freshman year i ain't gonna lie i was really depressed like it was depressing like being at that school it's just like you just got to be strong-minded for sure like like and have somebody on your side to like like guide you because you're just not you're not gonna be easy by yourself. Like I wanted to like stop playing basketball in the middle of the season. Like it was that bad. And then like my mom was just like, "Don't leave. Just stay in it. Just stay in it." And um, yeah. So you just gotta be strong minded. Really, that's really everything. And then just keep on working on your game because coaches want to see you um, trying to get better, working out. And like putting in an extra effort, especially if you're a freshman coming from high school, you gotta show you wanna play and just like just try to outwork everybody, seniors, juniors, sophomores, everybody. All right, for sure. Could you take us through like you know, just a random day for you? Are you in the gym like ten hours? What is your, you know, training like? Um, so like you sound like a day for me to yeah, like, so just up? a random day, any day of the week. All right, so uh, I wake up around <laughs> around like nine thirty, and then I live in Fontana, so I have to drive from Fontana to L.A. every day. That's an hour. So then, because my trainer is in L.A., so then I drive there, meet my trainer. Well, I eat, I eat, and then I meet my trainer at one thirty. I work out with him. It's a lot of shooting, dribbling, and um, finishing. And then after that, I go back to the apartment in LA, hang out for a little bit, and then I work on what I just worked on with my trainer and like runs or something like that. Yeah. 
so I get like two workouts in a day. I go workout and then runs and then go back home every day. Really, but I don't really try to do runs every day because it's like I can get hurt and just yeah. Sure. I don't want to go there sure. and just look bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah. All right, so we're kind of winding down here. So we'll give you a couple of uh, of softball questions that aren't necessarily basketball questions. But before we let you go, how bad does your hand hurt when you dunk it? Like how? Like <laughs> some of your dunks literally look like you've just like it looks like you hurt the rim before you hurt yourself like how bad <laughs> does it hurt scale of one to ten uh i'll say like a eight it's not really my hand it's just like it's when i dunk it it's like the ball my my thumb hits the rim right here every time it's either this or it's my wrist right here wow. my wrist always hurts like so you try to know about that life I, yeah I, I try to hit it and then it's just like a red line right here Oh, it's like my thumb is just like purple right here. It's just like always hurt. It hurt bad though, for sure. <laughs> See, that's why that's why I don't dunk. I chose not to. I don't like yeah, that. it hurts because I be trying to I be trying to dunk it. <laughs> dunk hey, your Instagram because when Shay mentioned that he had gotten a hold of you, I was like, yeah. I was like, tell me about him, and he just sent you. He literally just sent me. An I literally said, I, I said, go to his Instagram and watch two highlights. <laughs> Just that's all you got to do, and it'll explain. It. <laughs> oh man! All right, and then, then, and then the next it. day was when you hit your head off the rim, and I like sent it to him over text. I was like, I don't even believe this. <laughs> Just insane. I was yeah, and I was like, I was like, I can't wait to have this guy on to ask him. <laughs> but all right, so one more final, just fun question. And this will be good because a lot of people don't know what this is. Uh, before we jumped on live, I asked Doc, I was like, hey, are you a red pepper or a green pepper guy? So when you go to New Mexico, are you going to be the guy that orders green peppers all the time? Or are you like, absolutely not? Get this out of my food. Ah, I ain't going to lie. I transitioned from red peppers to green peppers now. I like I like green peppers now. So like, I'm a, I'm a green pepper guy now for sure. <laughs> Those red peppers are spicy. So for people who don't have a clue what we're talking about, yeah. if you go to New Mexico, it doesn't matter where you go. They'll offer you red or green peppers in your food, like in every burger or whatever. But yeah. red spicy, man, it comes in hot. And I'm, yeah, I'm oh, with yeah. you. I'm not ready for that. I'm not going to try that, though. I'm not going to try it with the burgers or nothing like that. Or <laughs> <laughs> ice cream or anything like that. That's, that's nah, good. it's just burger. Yeah, nah, I'm gonna just try meat, cheese, and ketchup and mustard. It's <laughs> the basic stuff. I love it. Oh, I like Doc, it. We really appreciate you joining us tonight, man. Uh, thank you. I appreciate y'all for having me. Oh, for sure. You can come yeah, back for sure. Time. Guys, make sure you go, go make sure you follow Doc. Um, you can find him on Instagram, he's at docb 13 or you can go find him on Twitter, he's no limit doc35. It's all in the case. Um, yeah, man, really, really appreciate you taking the time. We know that you're. A busy dude so uh yeah take care and we're, we're stoked for you this next season we'll be watching yeah one condition when you posterize somebody <laughs> in the ncaa tournament next year you got to come back on all right got you i right got after. you for sure i got you <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right man we'll take it easy yeah. and have a good one man all right you too thank you yeah. all right super cool that was everything i hoped it would be and more. Got all my dunking knowledge. Yeah. I'm ready. Oh. I'm actually ready. I think I might try that training workout. That sounds See, good. That's, 
if all I have to do is like do, you know, calf yeah. raises in the shower, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. I, I, I'll grow to be six, eight any moment now. And yeah. You're, well, you're already six, five, so you're almost there. I tell, yeah. So for those of you who are not my students, um, I identify as six foot five and I am only five, eight, but I get to do that and that's okay. Yes. So I can dunk all day long. I did have a couple of basketball players convinced that I could dunk and that was before I ran anything with them. And they immediately went, no, no, you can't. Are you like, are you the guy that slaps the backboard on every layup? I can't, I have to reach the backboard. <laughs> no, that's not happening at all. <laughs> oh, you on that one. Uh, I should have. That was my that was my open door. No, my, I would have gotten enough comments from my students in here. By the way, I, I don't know if you caught this, but on the side, I'm just getting blown up in our comment section by one of my students who I was like, hey, man, like, we're going to have a really good player on. And the only thing that he said to me, he, today was our last full day to school, is he popped on it and sent this in. And he's like, give me an A, Heilman. That was <laughs> So glad to see my students listening. Joe, if appreciate you, watching, you got to give them the A. Joe, you've got like we'll 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 talk we'll see you tomorrow for our last day of school we'll we'll get there we'll get there but all right um i do want to switch gears for us but as always we are sponsored by adelo's pizza so huge thank you to adelo's for kind of giving us the opportunity to check in with all of these guys adelo's is best pizza in the pacific northwest they are hottest in, hottest pizza freshest ingredients coldest beer best place ever for any occasion to go to a bar and watch a game you want to bring in your family for a nice sit down meal they have got you covered. And also, it is patio season for Adelos. And that means every Thursday night, they are going to be bringing you live music out on their patios. Tuesday night is trivia. So Adelos is here for all of your entertainment needs. And we are huge on Adelos. I am, again, a, a severe addict of Adelos. I'm probably going to check into rehab once I start working for them in the summer. But in the meantime, a uh, huge thank you to Adelos for sponsoring us and for sponsoring the interview with Dr. Brad. So. Now, big question: Do they serve any green or red peppers? <laughs> they, I, one hundred percent. We have both on our pizza. So awesome! That's awesome. It was awesome. again. It was like the weirdest experience of my life going down there and being like, "Why is every smoothie offering me better green peppers?" Very weird. You kind of mentioned something about Starbucks having like peppers in it. Like every every major chain that you've ever known, uh, yeah. McDonald's, Whataburger, uh, Starbucks, all of it. Like you had the option if you wanted red or green peppers in it. It was so weird. That's just ridiculous. It was, and it was good. I had a couple, but after a while, I was like, I don't know if I could live off of this. But super interesting culture of like food there, which is yeah, it's cool. It's cool. All right, all right. So let's switch gears. Uh, we decided really quickly. So Dr. Bradley is a part of New Mexico State, and they are part of the WAC. And we wanted to take a minute to kind of break down their conference and say who we think is going to win it all, who we think the biggest contender is. And then Shay and I both came up with a dark horse that we think could take the conference title this year. And you know, the WAC is one of those, you know, mid-major conferences. It's like, you got to win it. You have to win the conference title if you really want to have a chance to get yeah. an auto bid into the tournament. The Aggies were there last year. Um, upset UConn, which is a huge, that was the first one they've had in, you know, many, many years of their entrance into the tournament. But it's 93. Um, since 93? Oof. Almost 30 years. No wonder Chris Jan's got an SEC job. Wow. Yeah. I'll do, do it. But um, I think yeah, you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's <laughs> he got. He got the real NIL package, is what he got. Yeah. But... All right. Did you want to go ahead All and right. jump in and take over with the favorite? 
Yeah, so uh, obviously I'm repping New Mexico State colors tonight, so I'll go with the favorite. And after having Doc on, how do we not go with the Aggies? Um, you know, they've really been the class of the WAC, though, forever. I think in the last decade and a half, they have 17 championships between regular season and tournament titles. So that means they're averaging either a regular season or a tournament title every season. Um, I think they've been to 10 NCAA tournaments in that span in the last 16 years. Uh, like you said, they reached new heights last year, finally got past that first round of the tournament, uh, advanced to the second round, first time in almost three decades. Um, like you said, also, they lose Jans to Mississippi State, and even more importantly, they lose WAC Player of the Year, Teddy Allen. Um, yeah. He's going to go to the NBA, or at least try out for the NBA. And they lost their second-leading scorer, Jabari Rice, who transferred to the Longhorns. But uh, I, I still don't see them slowing down. Um, they bring in one of the most successful JUCO coaches, um, the guy that coached against Doc in the NJCAA Division I Championship, Greg Heyer. Um, he won the national championship. Um, he's, I think I saw something ridiculous, like 75 or 80%, maybe even more winning percentage in his time at uh, Northwest Florida State. So he's – Jesus. Yeah, you're not losing many games there. Um, but he's already reloaded the Aggies roster, uh, bringing in two SEC guards and Xavier Pinson, who I'm high on. We uh, brought him up, was it two podcasts ago? Kind of talking about transfers. Yeah. yeah. Brought him in. And then Dewan Gordon from Missouri. Uh, both guys are double-figure double scorers in the SEC. So they should really, you know, assert themselves in the whack, maybe 15 to 20 a game. Um, Obviously, I think watching Doc's highlights, I think he's going to be a huge contributor from day one. I think, you know, playing the three or four, whatever it is. Yeah. The fact that he's a 6'8 guard that can jump out of the gym like that, like that's, yeah. I feel like that's a huge advantage that he's mm -hmm. going to have. And like he said, uh, higher it sounds like plays a four guard front, which is really cool. Yeah. So hopefully they'll and be I like how he said, he's, he said he's working on his shot, his mid range shot and his uh, pull up game quite a bit. So. If he can shoot the ball consistently with that athleticism, he's going to be a tough, tough cover. Um, yep. And then also to round out the transfer portal with the Aggies, uh, Hires bringing two guys from his national championship winning team, uh, Deshondre Washington. He's 6'7", labeled as a guard. So he's probably kind of like Doc, that in between can handle it, athleticism. And then uh, Muhammad, both these guys – you know, averaged over 10 points per game last year on a national championship team. So they're just – they're going to be loaded again. They bring back two forwards that showed some promise, uh, Mike Peak and Marcellus Avery. And uh, I think overall New Mexico State, they have to get the votes from the coaches and media to be the favorite because they're there. They're at, they're at the top of the league year in and year out, and I think it's going to be the same story next year. It'll be hard to keep. Like, that's obviously a roster of talent. Mm -hmm. And even though they're in kind of transition, like it's going to be hard to say that they're not the only, I think team that's going yeah. to really have a contention situation with them is going to be Seattle, um, which is awesome. Again, you know, being from Washington, that's cool to see. Uh, sure. But the big issue for Seattle is last year, they were pretty much the odds on favorites to go win the conference title. They went, I believe it was 23 and nine. Um, they had uh, Darren Jamel who was like a 17 points a game guy who, I mean, just absolutely lit the place up. And so they really had a chance to go get their first tournament, you know, bid and forever. 
and they have a heartbreaking loss in the semifinals of the conference tournament to Abilene mm-hmm. Christian. So, yeah. um, have, I, they, have they ever been to the tournament? They, I think there was like, oh shoot, I'm gonna, I didn't write it down. I, I will research this. See, this is gonna be my, my new favorite move is when you ask me a question that I clearly <laughs> don't have a clue about. I'm like, well, let's yeah. all go research it. Like, how was Todd Golden? Hold, hold on, one minute. <laughs> so, um, but I'll, I'll go check that out. But it has been, I think they went when like back in forever ago, but I, uh-huh. I'll double check it. But either way, they've got the wow. one reason that they're still going to be contenders is because they lose Tramel to San Diego State, but they return their four of their five starters. Um, Cameron Tyson is an incredibly good ball player. He had 14 points a game for them. And with Tramel gone, they're just going to run their offense through him. And so they had multiple players scoring double digits tonight. Um, they had no problem against some pretty good competition. Again, they were the favorite to go win the conference title and then just, you know, losing kind of that soul crushing heartbreaker, which we know can happen come championship week. I, yeah. I think they'll run it back, but I don't know if they're going to run it back past New Mexico State. I think the heartbreaking is really the word because, yeah. So these teams play, I mean, they're starting training now, June, July, as a team. And they're going to go all the way through to the first week of March. If you don't win that tournament title, you don't get to your goal. So you're working eight, nine months or something. And then if you have one bad game, you're out. That's kind of the, yeah. We And we'll talk about this later when Shane and I kind of get into our draft. It's like the mid-major issue is always like you have good teams that are there that just don't have, they're not going to get the same attention as, you know, the fifth place SEC team. Um, and that's yes. that hurts, but it's the reality. So, it is. But who who is your dark horse here? Uh, my dark horse is going to be Abilene Christian. Sure. Um, they've kind of quietly established themselves as a really stellar mid-major program in the last half decade. Uh, they've won 20-plus games each of the last four years, 96 wins in that span, so that's 24 wins a season. Um, been to two NCAA tournaments, not in the WAC. They were in the Southland before. Two seasons ago, they beat Texas in the tournament. Um, if you remember, I think they were tied. No, they were down 52-51 with like two seconds left. And uh, a guy that we're going to talk about later, Joe Pleasant, hit two clutch free throws, pulled off a huge upset, 14 over three. Um, the reason I bring that up, Pleasant transferred to Wichita State last year because he, he was a big name two seasons ago with the Wildcats, but didn't really get any run with, the, uh, with Wichita State. So he's coming back. He's transferring back to Abilene Christian. Last time he was there, he averaged like 10 a game, led the team in rebounding, um, shot like 47% from three. So that's a big pickup. And they're also returning their leading rebounder from last year, Arian Simmons, uh, 11.9 points per game. They got a 6'8 guy named Cameron Steele. He's close to 10 points a game. And their point guard, Damian Daniels, will also be back. So they're bringing back a ton of guys. Um, they won 25 games last year, uh, I think. They played in one of the other tournaments, not the NCAA or NIT. It was maybe the CIT or CBI, sure. one of those, you know. And they went in a little run there. So they've, they're have going to be 20 to 25 wins every season, um, the way the program's going. And uh, I think they have plenty enough talent to challenge. And a conference that had five or six teams win 20 games last year. So there's going to be a couple teams out there that have a chance to knock off the top seed when it comes March. This is really like this is one of those conferences where like obviously the Aggies end up typically winning it, but it's always looks kind of like a toss up. You have like four teams that win 20, you know, per season. 
Um, yeah. And you always have got, like, and then there's always that opportunity for someone to kind of come and knock you off um, come conference tournament time. And so my dark horse is going to be relatively similar, but Stephen F. Austin is the lumberjacks are kind of my pick here. Another, they won 22 last year, um, yeah. but they're my dark horse because they have really, really intriguing transfers and a couple of intriguing commits that come in. Intriguing is like, I've always wondered how it translates. If you are a really, really like not so great bench player on an incredibly good team and like a good elite conference, how well would you play if we threw you into a mid-major? So they have two guys coming in that played in against, you know, some pretty elite company. First one is going to be uh, Peyton Daniels from Vanderbilt. He played 12 minutes uh, for them last year. Not obviously not a lot of points, but then you also have Robbie Armbresser, who was a bench player for Houston. So you have two guys coming in from pretty good conferences with pretty good teams. Ah, they might be really good here for Stephen F. Austin, or they might fall into kind of that same role. I'm not totally sure, but if we're looking for dark horses, maybe they show up and they're awesome. Um, yes. And then they also have a 6'9", 250-pound big man coming in, Jaleel Bobrum from Southwest Baptist. And he, I mean, that's, that is a pretty tall, large individual that is going to come in and cause a little bit of problems protecting the rim there. And then yeah. one more, uh, AJ, I'm going to, it's Kahuste or Kajuste. Um, he was a Juco All-American. So they have a couple of guys that on paper look like they could be really good. I don't know if they're going to be great, but they might have a chance. And so that and makes the Lumberjacks always relevant. They stick around. Like that's, yeah. I, again, this conference is really kind of like, Mm -hmm. Who knows? I think Chris Jans did a really good job with them the last couple of years, keeping the Aggies at the very, very top. But yeah, you never know. So, so this is going to speak to the depth of the whack. So we just went through four teams here. Joe Lenardi has Grand Canyon winning it in his early Brectology. <laughs> See, <He> like, <laughs> yeah. So you could really pick your poison here. It's probably four or five teams that could win it. I kind of like that. I, I feel like if I had gone to a school there and really had like a, an intense team, like, you know, loyalty to a team there, that, that would be super fun every year. Obviously it could also be very devastating, but like every year, yeah. like it's, everything's on the line, especially come championship week, like every game matters. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. For sure. All right. right. Um, you want to get into some players to look out for in the WAC? Let's do it. All right. So I'll start off again. We're going to go with New Mexico State's Xavier Pinson. Uh, mentioned him a few minutes ago. Mentioned him a few podcasts ago. I think he's going to step right in and, and really kill it in the whack. Um, he's coming from LSU. Even before that, he was at Missouri. So he took two SEC teams to the NCAA tournament in back-to-back -to -back years. Averaged double figures in both. Um, just about 1,200 points in his career so far. So he's kind of been a guy that's either started or been a big contributor from day one as a freshman in the SEC. Now he comes in in a similar role to what Teddy Allen did last year. Teddy Allen averaged 20 points per game after transferring in from Nebraska, um, Trevor's favorite school of all time. Kobe Red. <laughs> and uh, so he comes in from a high level, uh, high mid-major, high major, comes into New Mexico State, averages 20 a game, wins the conference player of the year, just goes off on UConn in the NCAA tournament. He had 37. My buddy was out there. It was in Buffalo, New York. Just destroyed the Huskies. I think Pinson can kind of be that guy this year, and I think he'll really uh, have a chance to assert himself in the conversation for WAC Player of the Year. Um, 
This last year, he had 26 points and eight assists at number six, Kentucky. Um, two seasons ago, dropped 27 on number six, Tennessee. So he shows out in big games. Um, also had 36. He had a 36 piece against TCU back in 2020, 2021. Um, I kind of wrote a note earlier. This, you got to give Xavier Pinson the keys to the car. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you may as well. Like, clearly, he's got the ability to All right. Um, I'm going to jump in. So, I, I think you're going to find a trend here. We're probably just going to go down the list of teams, like, that we picked as, you know, the top the next. So, Seattle's who I have next. But um, Cameron Tyson for them. When they lost leading scorer, Tramel that really kind of is going to open the floor for him. So Tyson's one of those guys, he's 14.7 points a game. He's 5.2 boards. Um, he's, I mean, he's a solid ball player. He's also a really good defensive player, but he's one of those guys that when they weren't kind of force feeding Tramel, he could drop, he dropped 30 at one point in a win over, oh my God, University of Texas. It's RGV. Rio Grande Valley. Rio Grande Valley. There we go. Thank you. The RGV. Of course you know this. <laughs> um, you got to do it. RGV. RGV, I see it. I should have just said it like just that and then just pretend <laughs> like I knew exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> but he's like, he went on a streak early in the season where he had like, I want to say like six or seven games out of 10, he was 20 plus points. And so he's a guy who can absolutely put it on the board for you. Again, I think as they, the season kind of prolonged and they started playing, um, getting further into their conference, they started realizing Tramel was obviously the lead scorer. So they started force feeding him a little bit more. And that really took away from Tyson stuff. But then all of a sudden he'd explode for like, you know, another 25 point game against Dixie state or like, um, he played pretty well against, you know, a decent competition. They played UW last year and he had, you know, over 10 points. I, I just think he's going to be one of those guys that because of the situation that they're in without their leading scorer, he has to become that guy and they're just going to run their offense entirely through him. So from just breakout from a point perspective, he's gonna, I think, take over for Seattle. Kind of a breakout player to watch for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Quick uh, question. This again, you might have to research. How uh, how far of a drive is Seattle from you? To uh, five hours. Oh, quick drive. Right. It's a, it's a quick five hours. It feels a lot faster. But hey, yeah. I am. That would be ooh. If it should we exactly. I, over here, that would be a great game to go catch. New Mexico State, Seattle, for sure. Ooh, that would be – ooh. We'll have to look into this. Well, if you guys are like, why are you guys coordinating this right now? We'll tell you in a moment when I uh, – well, that would mean that Shay wins. We'll talk about it in a minute. We'll talk about it in like five, ten minutes. Um, <laughs> let's get to – I have two more players. Probably you have the same. Uh, next one is Joe Pleasant, which I just mentioned 15 minutes ago. Coming back from Wichita State, headed back to Abilene Christian. Uh, he's 6'7", big body, nice frame. He's muscular. Um, played four years in college already, 118 games, so he's very experienced. Um, like I said, two years ago, led the Wildcats to the NCAA tournament. Averaged 10.5 a game, 5.5 rebounds. Very efficient from three-point range, nearly 47%. Um, and he stepped up. He wasn't a great free-throw shooter that year, like 60%. He stepped up. In the biggest moment, probably of his basketball career, maybe forever, um, down one with two seconds left against the three seed Texas in the Colts. It was the Indianapolis Colts arena because everything was in uh, Indianapolis. And he hit both shots. Damn. And it, yeah. Yeah. Now, which was just so much pressure. Like, if you don't 
watch football, the size of the Indi- uh, Indianapolis Colts stadium is huge. I don't even know how they right. play the basketball game in there. Yeah, like the court would take up no room in there. So there was a there was probably a lot of people, you know, yelling and screaming. And he came through in the clutch and hit both shots. Um, he kind of struggled last year with Wichita State. You know, it's a little step up in competition playing Houston and Memphis and they played Arizona in the non-conference. So he got some valuable experience against some great teams. Um, I think he can come back to uh, the Wildcats and, you know, use that to his advantage. And I, I kind of expect him to get back to his 2020-21 uh, numbers where he's, you know, one of the top two, three scorers on the team. Great rebounder, good defender. I feel like, Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep my thoughts. So, and I'm actually gonna have you um, really quickly. I'm not sure what's happening on my end over there. I don't know if you looked at me like attempting to look at stuff over here as you're talking about the story, but um, I have lost all of my notes, so that is not very cool. So I'm gonna let you take the next one while I try and figure out what I'm doing with my life over here, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was I just was over here like this is an awesome story. I look over, I'm like, where did all my stuff go? <laughs> uh, like when we jumped on with Doctor, I was like, oh. That's yeah, that's you're gonna need your notes for the next segment. Trust me. <laughs> I that's that's honestly my biggest worry. <laughs> like we could just skip by one of my players, but the next segment, if I don't have that, we are in trouble. So go for it. I, I'll have <laughs> a leg up. Um, yeah, so I'll get to my last one. Um, this one will make Lenardi happy. I'm mentioning a Grand Canyon player, uh, Jovan Blackshear Jr. Uh, one of only two players from the first team All Conference last year in the WAC returning. So he's probably at the top of the list to win the player of the year. Um, and maybe one of the reasons that Lenardi has them picked ahead of New Mexico State or Seattle. Um, averaged 16 a game, four assists, made 61 three-pointers for the Antelopes. Um, Green Canyon had a really good year. Just like uh, Abilene Christian two seasons ago during the bubble, they made it to the NCAA tournament. Um, I think they got destroyed by Iowa and Luca Garza. But he had a decent game. Uh, 15.7 assists in that. And he's kind of a player that saves his best performances for the best of competition. Last year, the Antelopes only played three teams that made the NCAA tournament, uh, New Mexico State, obviously, and then Wyoming and San Francisco in the non-conference, which they actually beat San Fran. That's a great win for them. He had 20-plus points against all three of those teams last year. So he is a big-time player, and I think uh, for sure – maybe one of the top three or four players scorers in the entire league. So he's definitely got to watch out for. That is, uh, that'll be cool. I, 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 again, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, Grand Canyon university. If you don't know anything about them, you need to just go YouTube their student section. Incredible. It's like, it is like, I mean, yeah, a casual mid major team that isn't necessarily atop the conference Rowdy. at all is nuts like they make cameron look minuscule which maybe that's a, that's a stretch but still well no i was, like, I was gonna i was gonna say um that instagram page where they do all the lists like top shooters returning or top rebounders top players they right. had one the other day for uh it was top college basketball uh arena atmospheres and grand canyon was in like the top six or seven behind K- kentucky and duke and yeah that is super wild to me, which I feel like that's, again, like what a cool conference that they have where everyone is in contention. You've got really cool, you know, arenas that you're going to play in. So I like it. I like it. I'm jealous I'm not out on the West Coast like you. 
I'd go to a food <laughs> I, I need to make more, tra- again, when I've got little girls, so that, that kind of changes the, my ability to travel casually. But one day yeah. when I force them into basketball and loving it, we'll make some good oh, for sure. dad-daughter trip. It'll be a good time. So yeah. my wife's going to hear this and be like, we're not forcing our kids no. in anything. Yeah. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> She's like, no. I'm not going to any games next year. So um, my notes are in the abyss. Fortunately, I, for, I I have them on my phone for our next segment. But the person, that, the last player that I was going to mention to look out for in the WAC was going to be Robbie Armbrester, who's um, coming off of the Houston's bench. So he was a three-star. I'm going off of memory at this point, so I'm going to shank half my stuff here. But uh, three-star out of Georgia. Um, he it, It's kind of hard to find stats on him out of high school because COVID kind of derailed that season for him. But for the most part, I just always think that anyone who's coming in from such an elite team in an elite conference that gets an opportunity to play in really what's going to – I mean, he's probably going to start for them, could be an yeah. absolute breakout player for them. So I, I, I don't I know if, you know, Stephen F. Austin is going to be fantastic, but I think that they're going to be worth paying attention to. I guess. And like you said, like they tend to remain relevant in the conference anyway. Mm-hmm. So it'll be cool to kind of see, you know, a nobody quote unquote, just because he hasn't made any stat yeah. noise, um, possibly make a lot of stat noise. So cool. how I perceive that is even if he didn't play with Houston, like in games, he's playing against those dudes in practice every day. Yeah. Marcus, you Sasser, with Marcus Sasser. You're going to tell me you're not going to get better. So yeah, you can't get worse practicing against those guys day in and day out. Right. So, so now maybe it's his time to shine. He's maybe a mystery player in the WAC. That people don't, you're not gonna have any film on him, so yeah, no care. Yeah, yeah, could be, could be. So he could be off. All right, so we are about to shift gears. That is our breakdown of the whack. Um, but we are about to jump into what we think is gonna be. This was Shay and I kind of mentioned a while back, like we should come up with some sort of betting thing or something cool that isn't just the NCAA tournament bracket. Like we need to come up with something where we, we can be kind of against each other that is going to make every regular season game somewhat relevant. Like, at least keep us a little bit in tune. And so I, like, and Shay came up with this idea, like, immediately. He's like, I know exactly what we should do. And we have now created what is going to be fantasy football of college basketball. And I am stoked about it. So you can go ahead and break this down because I think you've got the point system and all that covered. So Yeah, for sure. So Trevor and I are each, we're going to do the draft right after I explain this. Um, We're going to each select 10 teams. There's a rule you got to pick five high major and five mid major, and the blue bloods are off the table. No Duke, UNC, Kentucky, Kansas, Villanova, UCLA, like anyone who's basically yeah, favorited to win their conference. We were like, yeah, shut it down. Yeah, we're gonna go with teams that aren't like shoo-ins to win thirty games every year. So, so here's how the system's gonna work. It's gonna be a hundred points per team that you can get. That's the max. Uh, obviously. Only one team could possibly do that, and you have to win the national title. But uh, So for each of our 10 teams, we're going to do a grading system. If you win 20 games, you get two points. If that team wins 25, you get three. You win 30, you get an extra five. So there's going to be a 10-point total from uh, wins. So if, you know, obviously we're not picking Gonzaga, but they're like a guarantee for 30 wins every year. So that'd be 10 points if we have a team like that. Um, if Trevor picks, you know – UTRGV and they only win seven games, then he gets no points. I will pick UTRGV. They're my number one pick. So <laughs> I, I didn't know who they were. I didn't know who they were. I might have an advantage without your notes. I think you might take them first. Um, <laughs> I have. I, I do have these notes, my segment notes that were on my phone that I sent to there. So I, it's back. But anyways, keep going. 
Yep. So you got a 10 points max from winning 30 games. Um, you can get another 10 points if you win both the regular season and conference championship, conference tournament championship. So say I pick UAB because everyone knows I've been talking them up. Say they win the conference USA regular season and conference tournament. That's 10 points extra right there. If they win one of the two, that's five either way. So between the wins and conference tournament and regular season, you can get to 20 points. Then we get to the NCAA tournament where it really matters. So starts first to feel of, a lot like bracketology at that point, where it's like if yeah. you advance, here's your point total. You keep advancing, here's a bigger point yeah. total. So it's going to be really dicey when we get to March. But um, for each team that makes it, you get two points automatically. So that's nice. But it really starts to ramp up when we're talking wins. So you win a first round game. I'm going to give you three points for each team. Um, you make to the Sweet 16 with any of your teams make the Sweet 16, you're going to get five additional points. Elite 8, 10. Final 4, 15. National Championship game, 20. Win it all, 25. So each round after the first round goes up five points. Um, there's 80 total points that is out there to be had during the NCAA tournament. So the 80 plus the 10 from the conference tournament and regular season, and then the win total. So you can get a max of 100 points if, you know, yeah, Trevor picks right. Crate and they win 30 games, win both the Big East regular season and conference tournament, and then they go on and win the national title. That would be 100 points right there, and you're probably going to win the whole um, challenge if you have that. Team. Which this is So, by the way, this system, we're, we'll do a write-up, and we'll put the, t the point value up on Mental Dime. So if you want to join us in this, we would absolutely love that. That would be super cool if you came through with, like, with a bunch of buddies and picked this. But we'll explain, like, re-explain, like, all the point values and things like that. But What's hard about our draft here is if your five, you know, high major teams are probably going to go to the tournament. There's a pretty good right. chance. But in your mid majors, let's say I pick a team like Iona, who did not win their conference tournament last year, which means they yeah. also didn't go, go to the NCAA tournament. So you have to be kind of careful when you are picking those lower tier teams of like, it's a risk exactly. reward. Am I going to pick this team that I can guarantee is going to give me 20, 25 wins so I get points there? But if they don't win that conference title, I lose out on potentially 80 points in NCAA tournament. It made yeah. this draft really interesting the way that we're going through it. So, yeah. So for your example, Iona last year, they won the regular season in the max. So that's five. Um, I think they won 25 games somewhere in that range. So they would have had five points there. They only got 10 points out of a hundred max. So that's not very helpful. And they were a great team last year. Yeah, could be a very high risk, high reward, especially when we get into those. So I would also like to say that before we jump into this and we start picking, Shay and I do not know our picks above our first four. So um, I was really high on Creighton like way before they got Baylor Shireman and stuff like that. So Shay is like, you should get Creighton, even though Creighton is probably going to be one of those projected to win the Big East. And then he was like, I would really like to take Seton Hall. So we knew that those picks were locked. We also so those are number one, our number two picks for high majors. For mid-majors, we have the Dayton versus St. Louis battle going on. And so we had to each pick one of those because I, I'm St. Louis Just is for my team and they're going to win the you know, both probably the regular season and conference title and beat Dayton every time they play them. So we have those four, <laughs> those four picks are already off the table. So those will be our top four picks. Yep. But after that, it's for a game. Who knows? And do you want to explain quickly what's up? Uh, what's that state? Yeah. So this is actually really exciting. We were thinking of, we were like, 
you know, it's different from our Elite Eight segments to have like these really small punishments or, you know, these really small rewards. No. Whoever wins this between Shay and I will get flown out by the loser to the other side of the country to come visit them. And we're going to go to college basketball games together, which is two years from now. I mean, yeah. We are literally Washington to New York. So it is completely across the country. We're going to make a full trip of it. Um, if you end up here, it, it's going to be a very so like there's a lot on this line, but I'm actually really excited to put this together. And we'll keep you guys updated, obviously, as the season goes along. But we wanted to pick our teams now that the transfer portal has kind of finally died. And we wanted to pick it before the season even started, because that just means there's a billion variables that mm-hmm. could totally disrupt our plans. So I was thinking about that earlier. The best part is none of these teams even have full schedules out. So Creighton, Creighton could play like Gonzaga, Kentucky, Duke, like all these teams in the non-conference. And we already have them. It could change a lot as we go. So going to be a total roll of the dice, but we do have, there's a little strategy to it. So mm-hmm. are you ready for this? Yeah. I, so we're going to go snake, right? Yeah. So snake draft. So I'm going to start, I, I'm going to take the Creighton pick at number one. And then you get picks number two and three. And then we are gonna, we are also going to go high major pick, mid-major pick. High major yep. pick, mid-major pick. So I have Creighton. Oh. Then he'll get high and mid. And then I will have to pick my next mid-major. So uh-huh. it'll be a ladder there. Oof. I'm nervous it. about this. I am like, Shay is such a bank of knowledge. And I am like such a layman's fan. But this is going to be. This is harder than pulling out a bracket. So. This is way worse than the Elite Eight segments, man. When we were, like, trying to plan this, I was like, oh, my God. I'm going to have to, like, put in some time. And I am not prepared. Because there's so many conferences, like, in the high majors. It's like, you want to pick someone out of the Big Ten? There's 12 teams that can win that comp. Anyways. Okay. Number one pick. (laughs) We're starting with Creighton. Do we have a little banner to... I am going to literally make them as we go. Number one, great. Number one overall. Boom. I'm surprised you weren't wearing your headband for that. For that <laughs> oh, that's what I needed for luck. Now I do yeah. better. All right. Now we're going to go like 500 in the Big East. No, I don't think I don't see that happening. But I got. I have to match you with the second pick. I'm going to go with Seton Hall, just as I really I love what. Shaheen Holloway did with St. Peter's, and now he's got Casey and Adepo coming over. He that team is going to be crazy on defense. Like I picture teams playing against them, probably going to have a champagne party if you reach sixty points on Seton Hall next year. Yeah, yeah, they look good. And and I I think that was a great pick, by the way. I'm excited for this matchup with Seton Hall and Creighton because it's two contrasting styles for sure. You got Creighton, a bunch of shooters can score a hundred any night, and then you got. Seton Hall, a bunch of scrappy New York City dudes that are going to lock you up. So, it feel Seton Hall feels like the Big East of old, where it's like you yeah. just, you're going to get into a fight with them, which is kind of cool. So. Yeah. So I we might have to watch this game live. That'd be a good. Right, Seton Hall is only like a couple hours from me, so I might go to that game. Ooh, okay. All right. So you got number three. Yep, I got number three. Um, it's got to be a mid major. I will go with Dayton. Take the Flyers. I know you kind of, you know, rained on my parade the other, what was that two? I think that was last podcast. Or no, whatever one that we were debating, Dayton and St. Louis. You definitely rained on my parade. You're like, 
Well, the Billikens are just as good, just as loaded. Um, yeah. So, which, by the way, Lenardi has Dayton two seed lines ahead of St. Louis right now. So, Adorable. That's fantastic. He also had UAB as like a 15 seed. So, I don't know <laughs> an ounce of what that guy says. But, no. Yeah, um, and I'm, one seed, so can't trust him. <laughs> so, I'm actually just going to follow up with my St. Louis pick at number four. Uh, I think both of these guys are, I mean, they're going to be neck and neck the whole time, which is, I, I, again, I have no real skin in this game. I have no connection to either team, but since Shea picked Dayton, I was like, well, fine then. I think St. Louis is going to be good because they will absolutely fight for the conference. I think it'll be fun. Uh, Lunardi may pick Dayton, but John Rothstein picks St. Louis and that guy doesn't sleep ever. And he exactly. must know. Exactly. He's delusional. So he doesn't know why. He's he's I was just going to say, it might also mean he's delusional. But that's besides the point. But okay, um, now we're heading into the realm of like I don't have a clue what you're doing here. Yeah, you yeah. have to go for your next high major. Go for it. No, you're up, Snake. I am. A, oh, that's right. That's my favorite thing in the world. So I have to go with my high major. I am picking this team because they were my favorite early, early on when we wrote the early conference predictions, and I think. I think they are going to be spectacular because they return almost the entire lineup. I am going to go with TCU. So you give me at big 12 going to be a wild card, but I'm, I mean, again, they're going to win me 20 games. They might win me 25. That would be very cool. Um, But I think, I mean, Mike miles comes back 15 point guy. You got Eddie Lampkin, who is everything I want to be. He's a big, huge dude. Um, And I'm going to bank on the horn frogs. They're going to, they're going to cruise for me. Go TCU. All right. I like that pick. I had them mentioned, but they weren't towards the very top. Um, I, love I love the Horn Frog. They're a fun time. I'm going to stay in the same state here, though. And this one, we kind of talked earlier, like, you know, what, you know, sometimes your heart's telling you pick this and your head's telling you the other way. This is the opposite because I really don't like this team, but I kind of have faith that they're going to be really, really good. I'm going to go with Texas. Um, yeah, I figured you were going to do it. I can't pick them. They're going to play Gonzaga. I can't do it. I know. And you kind of told me that right before the show. And I was like, well, that's not good because they might have a loss to start the season. But um, <laughs> I just – something about Chris Beard, wherever he goes, he wins. Um, took Arkansas Little Rock to the dance and beat Purdue way back six years, seven years ago. Then, you know, he goes to Texas Tech, brings the Red Raiders, who are, who are known as a football school. Brings them to uh, the Final Four national championship appearance. Now, last year he comes into Texas, kind of uh, didn't really live up to the standards or expectations that he brings. But I think year two with the Longhorns, he's going to get them in full stride. He's got Tyrese Hunter coming in, a um, bunch of guys coming back. Dylan Dessou, uh, I think Andrew Jones is back. They just their roster is they've got Teddy Allen's brother. Um, he's going to be back in the mix. They have a ton, of, <laughs> ton of returning, kind of like TCU, a ton of returning talent. And then you mix in a high-level transfer in Tyrese Hunter in a nice recruiting class and with Chris Beard's um, coaching ability. I think they can really rock and roll. I, I totally agree with you. I think Chris Beard in year two is going to do significantly better. I am not super cool about it, but I think – I. I picked TCU, but I was absolutely thinking about picking Texas as well. So that's a good pick. So, yeah. And you've got the next one, actually. Yep. Going to the mid-major side again. Um, 
So this one, I guess I got to do it. I will take the Blazers. You already oh, know. Oh, man. They were. Okay. Which, good for you. You should take the Blazers. You've been a fan. Go for it. Okay. All right. I'll let you yeah. No, no, you're good. You're good. I, I don't even know if I have to explain this one because we talk about them every week. Um, <laughs> just have like eight or nine guys that are like start, starting level players. Jelly Walker. Um, bunch of high major transfers. Won 25 plus, 27 games last year, made the tournament, and now I think they'll be even better. So if they get better than 27, they might reach that 30 win mark. The only thing that scares me is Conference USA is going to be pretty pretty stacked at the top. You know, you got Western Kentucky, um, North Texas, Middle Tennessee. So might not be an easy conference slate. We might not even win the conference tournament. So a little scary there, but I'm confident in the Blazers. That's good. I will still root for the Blazers, even though they're mm-hmm. on your team. Jelly Walker for the win. Love that guy. So, yep. <laughs> all right. That sends me into pick number eight, and I'm at a mid-major as well. I am going to move over to the west side a little bit, and I'm going to pick. This was a really tough pick for me because there are two teams I think are going to be back and forth for the conference title, but I'm going to go Let's with San it. Diego State. Okay. I'm all going right. with the yeah. asset. I figured you're thinking Wyoming, aren't you? Yeah, I might might just not pick them out. Which, I mean, that was the other thing about this draft is like, okay, so I picked one. If you pick the other and they don't win the conference tournament, which I think think both of those will get at-large bids, kind of the same thing as State was in Dayton. But I just think the Aztecs have – their defense is absolutely insane. Uh, They pick up Jamel from Seattle. Um, They look really, really dangerous. They bring back Defensive Player of the Year, Nathan Mensa. They bring back a lot of experience. I, they are always good in the conference. Yeah, I think exactly. Wyoming would be the one team that really battles them. Maybe even Boise State sneaks in again, but I mm-hmm. they're going to get to the tournament, and they're going to probably do okay in the tournament. So yeah. I'm going to roll with them. And they also have, like, the bottom of the Mountain West was really bad last year, so that's, like, eight guaranteed wins. you got Air yeah. Force and San Jose yeah. State. So you're, you're locking down 20 for sure, probably 25. Yeah. I'm feeling yeah. okay about that. I like that pick. Matt Bradley returning. Um so it's me now. We go back to the high major, correct? Uh, no. So no, actually, I have got. Oh, you've got nine. I apologize. Got, so I'm I'm back to high major here, and I oh, don't sense. love this one. Um, but I am willing to take a flyer on it. So we've talked about them before, suggesting that maybe they aren't going to be as hot as people think they are. But I'm going to go did it. You did it. I. I, I get I it's one of those things where it's like in my head I don't want Arkansas to be good because they beat Gonzaga. But I mean their coach is awesome. It's hard to to knock the must bus. They bring in the third eleven and fifteen top one hundred recruits and they have a boatload of transfers that are gonna be good. It'll be hard to say that they won't be good. So I, I think if you're battling in the SEC, they have a pretty good chance to win the conference. Um and they're loaded with talent. Maybe they'll make another sweet sixteen Elite eight or two elite eight run this next year. Who knows? Who knows? So, so I'll buy out. I take the must bus goes off the road this year. I don't think that. Don't, don't say that. Which I I think that's a take that we both kind of leaned into a little bit. But I don't want to hear that right now. Now you know what? Must bus drives all the way to the championship. That's that's my current hot take right here. So they are so hyped up right now that they're either going to be as good as they are hyped, but I think there's a chance they fall flat on their face. And I hope that's what happens now. All right. 
All right. Um, Go for it. I'm up. Yep. Uh, see, the, these high yep. majors are really tough because these conferences are just so so many teams. You don't know what's going to be what. I'm going to go uh, – give me Miami. I think Miami. Oh, God. Dang it. <laughs> I got them They're for right you. there. They're my next pick. Right. Good for you. Yep. Isaiah Wong returning. Um, Jordan Miller returning. They've got uh, some high-level transfers. Like Nigel Pack's worth four hundred thousand dollars in a car, so he's pretty good. <laughs> um, this this Norchad Omir guy, he's a heck of a rebounder. I think that's what the Hurricanes. I'm surprised they went to lead eight last year because they had no rebounding ability whatsoever. So they were kind of uh, sure. and you, that really came through against Kansas. They got destroyed on the boards and they got destroyed in the game. So I think he'll help sure up the uh, glass, and I think they're going to be ready to go again. And I also like how the bottom of the ACC was maybe the weakest for high majors last year. Sure. You know, you got Pittsburgh, Wolfpack, NC State. They're um, bottom cellar dwelling there. Yeah, just ask their fans about the coach. So I think yeah, I think there's some guaranteed wins here. Smart, smart move. Dang it, they were my next one up. Not thrilled about yeah. that. But, but all right, you're off to mid major. All right, so we've this is our third mid major, correct? Yes. All right. Hmm. All right. I've got Dayton and UAB. Give me my beloved Drake Bulldogs. Dang it! Oh my God! Dang it! I hate this draft. It's stupid. You had them on the radar. I, I, Miami and Drake, I've got my notes. I put them back on my computer, and it is sitting there. Miami, Drake. Stupid, 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 stupid. I hate this draft. Good job, Love good Drake. Love it. I followed these dudes the last few years. Um, they won like 50 games in the last two years, so that's 25 a year. So that's five points. Uh, return four starters. Uh, Roman Penn, point guard. You know, Tucker DeVries, my main man that got me the gig with Mental Dimes because I wrote about him. He's going to be a breakout star. I told um, him not to bring you on after that. But yeah, this one, you know, this might be a blessing in disguise for you because the Missouri Valley is going to be kind of loaded with Murray State and Belmont coming over. And yeah. Northern Iowa will always be good. So, But I have a lot of faith in the Drake Bulldogs to win the Missouri Valley and get to the tournament and then do some damage when they get there. Okay, I need a – all right, I need you to pick a number between 1 and 10. 9. Ladies and gentlemen, I select the 12 number I'll pick. And I'm okay with this one because I was torn. It was going to be your even number or an odd number. And you have gotten me the great Murray State. Oh, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. So I was, I was actually torn between Belmont and Murray State because Drake. If I said if Drake goes, which I thought they might, because I, I figured that they were high on your list, uh, I'm going to pick one of these two. And you know what, DJ Burns, who just joined us on the podcast last week, I am more than happy to be all in for the Racers. So I am actually super pumped about that one, and I think they will do just fine in the conference. But it'll be fun to have another, you know top-level team in that conference and see what they do. I don't know if Murray State is going to have near the 
the firepower of 30 wins that they did last year by any means with the switching coach, but I think they will do just fine against Drake. So uh, you just used my team against me. I can't. I, I wish I could take Gonzaga. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You can take St. Mary's. I really like them. Yeah. That's or BYU. Maybe I'll take both of them. We'll get to BYU in a minute when you make me put that as my profile picture. that. Not thrilled. Okay, this next one, I that, that one hurt hurt my heart a little bit. I and fortunately, like I don't. It, yeah, I'm not gonna hold them too hard against you because I know they're absolutely your team. But if they if they play Drake for the conference title, I will 100 percent hold it against you. I will. I have no problem with low blows when it. I was comes literally. To I was almost thinking about taking both of them because I think they both could make the tournament in some some uh, way sure. or mid major. You know. Great conference. I think one of them could get in that large bed. Probably could. And I think that I think one of them will. That was kind of my uh, my reasoning between picking between those three. I was like, whoever is second in that conference is probably going to look in that large bid. And we'll put up our bracketology here in a week that Shay really Shay was the driver behind. And I think we had Murray State as first four in still if they don't win the conference. Yeah, last four in. Or last four in, sorry. I'm really glad I took Miami and Drake now. I'm so pissed. Because that that really shifts my – I don't like this pick. I don't love this pick at all, but I'm going to do it, and I'm just going to feel okay about it. Because – so same thing with TCU. I think bringing back a core group of people that has been together for a while is going to do well. And yet, despite the fact that we've talked about them, kind of like Arkansas, where it's like, I don't know how they're going to do, I am going to choose Indiana. Oh, oh okay. No, I'm not going to pick your team, Bureau. Which, wait, hold on. Where were you going? I'll be interested. Uh, don't see, worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm going to pick Indiana, even though I think the Big Ten is going to be a flipping wild card. But I I will buy experience in the Big Ten, and I'll buy Trace Jackson Davis. And I am completely okay with them knocking off Hunter Dickinson in the title game and not Nebraska upsetting them late, like Wisconsin. So <laughs> that is my hope for the Big That's Ten. The <laughs> so there oh, are my 12 and 13 and that sends it to you i think you should deduct five points if indiana loses to nebraska just just saying um, i i might do that just because i'll be thrilled that nebraska won <laughs> but it's okay <laughs> fine it'll cancel out <laughs> oh god where am i going here um this gets dicey this is the point in like yeah. the fantasy football draft where i'm like having to like research sleepers picking up, picking up a backup tight end next yeah <laughs> seriously uh give me give me the crimson tide i'll take alabama Ooh, i on a limb. can't handle them i loathe all of like them. them really they beat so i the last gonzaga game i went to was the battle in seattle when the crimson tide knocked off Ooh. and i now have a extraordinary hatred for Bama. That was last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was a big win. Um, It was a huge win for them, and we looked like idiots, so that was fun. Yeah. Just kind of like you with uh, Musselman. I like their head coach, Nate Oates. Uh, He's a Buffalo guy, so he's up from New York. Um, And they're bringing in, like, all the mid-major transfers that I really love watching, too. Like, they're bringing in Mark Sears from Ohio. Dom Welch from St. Bonaventure. 
So they've got a lot of pieces coming in. And uh, Javon Quinterly's coming back, Jelly Fam. Um, he kind of, I think he tore his ACL in the tournament. So who knows how healthy he'll be to start the year. But he's a big time player. Um, Charles Badi- Badiaco, I definitely butchered that. I um, like it. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> he's like seven feet tall. He was a top 50 prospect coming in the last year and had a decent freshman year. I think he'll take a step forward in year two. I think Crimson Tide, this will be hit or miss. They're kind of the only thing I don't like about them is their philosophies usually live and die by the three. Yeah. So, Games that they don't shoot it well, they really don't tend to win. So let's hope they can, you know, kind of have a little bit of a backup plan coming into 2022-23. I'll cross fingers for you. Mm-hmm. All right. I won't. Going back to mid-major, 15. I am all on the Doc Bradley hype. He's coming on the show. He came on the show, sorry. Um I'm all about New Mexico State after that interview. Just, you know, his mentality that he kind of described and kind of the laid-back um, coaching philosophy of hire. Like, he seems like super chill, like a coach you'd love to play for, which when you want to play for a coach, you kind of end up playing better. So. I like that. I think that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? If – you, if you don't have to walk on eggshells, it seems like his style is kind of la- relaxed. So if you make a mistake, it's, you know, move on to the next play. Sure. It's not like, not like playing for, you know, Coach K where he's down your throat. Just going to soul crush you all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. And they just always seem to, year after year, they bring in transfers. You know, last year bringing Teddy Allen, going way back. Um, I think you got a five five at five on all the players of the year in the WAC, they tend to turn over talent and their roster very well. So with Doc being on the show and bringing in Xavier Penson, um, Greg Heyer coming in, which did we ever give a shout out to that article? We'll do I was going to say, I've got it loaded up when we, uh, or right before we do the Kona high sponsorship. Okay, so, okay. We get right. Joseph, Joseph so yeah, give me, uh, give me the Aggies. I like it. I like it. That's a good pick. Um, and then I move into number 16 and I'm back to mid majors and I'm going to take one. This is going to be a real high risk or yeah, high risk, high reward, but I can Rick Pitino finally get Iona their first tournament win after they sweep the Mac. Oh, I I think that he can. So I am going to run with this. It's a bold pick because, but I think that they're going to run the Mac again. They'll, they typically do. I don't think the Peacocks are going to repeat after they lose everyone, including Holloway. Uh, so I think Patino is kind of setting himself up again. But I, mm-hmm. it's, again, high risk, high reward. But I think he's going to give me a regular season title and a conference title. So I'm at least going to walk away with 20-ish. Maybe even 30 games. That would be cool. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't love this pick, but I'm, 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 I'm okay with that pick. And then they schedule tough tough out of conference. So I don't know if they're going to win 30, but they're definitely going to win the Mac. They're going to win 30. They're going to win. It's okay. Don't even worry about it. This next one I am super concerned about, but you know what? I talked about them last week and I said, I wasn't even going to go into this conference and I lied to myself. Why? Because I just keep going back to them like the ex-girlfriend they are. You're not going to the Big Ten again. 
Oh no, Oregon Ducks. No, not the Big Ten again. No, give me it. I I pick one and I'm out. But the Oregon Ducks over in the Pac-12. I think UCLA crushes that conference title. But you know what? I think Oregon has. That's spicy. Uh, every everyone's telling me, don't do it, buddy. Don't they're literally the ex-girlfriend team. And so I'm gonna run with them. I think that they've got some incredible talent coming in. I think Altman is a great coach, and I think that they are gonna be underrated this year, especially after how they played last year. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they bounce back. So I'm gonna go with the Ducks. That will make or break your uh, teams for sure. There's there's a good chance. Yeah. Like they yeah. might go to the Elite Eight. They might not touch the tournament, so might win the national title. Might go seventeen and sixteen. <laughs> I can't wait to find out if Altman can turn it around. So. Only time will tell. All right, so give me with the eighteenth pick. You know, I'm telling myself all day, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> I feel like these next like five picks are like that's all it is. We're like, yeah, shit, this is stupid. I. Give me Illinois. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I got it. Should. You said don't go in there. I told you not to do it, and I told myself, and I can't stay away. <laughs> we both did it. We're like, ah, we'll be fine. <laughs> I just I saw a video on um, head coach uh, Brad Underwood last night talking about. He's like, we are not rebuilding, we're reloading, and he was pretty adamant about it. So yeah, they won the Big Ten title last year. Won the Big Ten regular season. Co-champion. Because Wisconsin lost to Nebraska. <laughs> um, See, Nebraska's got, here for you. Okay. Yeah, they, got the, they got the banner up, and if they're not rebuilding, they're reloading. They bring in Terrence Shannon, uh, Matthew Meyer, the mullet. Uh, how do you not like him? Um, yeah. Good. Three top 100 recruits, few returning players. I think they're going to be at the top of the Big Ten again, which mm, will get you 20 wins. I don't know. It might, maybe 25, but it's not getting you 30. But. That's fair. I'm all about the tournament run. Right. Hopefully they finally do something. I don't think they've – I think they lost in the second round each of the last two years. Like, Not great, but, I mean, like you said, like they're going to be atop the Big Ten, and they're they're going to give themselves a chance in the tournament. So that's mm-hmm. a good pick. All right, we're going last mid-major. I know exactly who you're going to pick. Do you? I'm going to type it. You're going to type it? Go for it. I don't think you know this one. Damn it. You can type <laughs> it. What is Would it? You I, I type Vermont. No, no. I got to stay away this year. Wow. Um, it just scares me with, with Doug. You got Doug Edder on the Bryant sideline. Like, he's going to manifest another tournament run or something. All so. in the stash. Yeah. I mean, I'll be rooting heavily for the Catamounts again. But this one's actually going to shock you. Give me Furman. The Paladins. Paladins. I love it. Been to the big dance since 1980, but this is the year. There's no H in there, by the way. Oh, I'm just an English teacher. So <laughs> don't, don't even. I'm not a spelling teacher. I'm an English teacher. It's very. Oh, uh, it's crazy. <laughs> That's Illinois. That's Furman. There it is. There it is. So uh, I like this one. Give me maybe a lower tier mid-major conference. SoCon is very good at the top but they have some real bottom feeders um this is one of those that they can really rack up some wins come conference time and they finally get through the doorstep and make the tournament they're probably gonna be hovering around 27 to 28 wins so maybe they can get to 30 Alrighty, i like it that's a that's actually 
actually not a bad idea. Like that they're probably gonna cruise in their conference, so their chance yeah. of thirty wins is real. It's not bad. I like that. Rockwell's coming back, Jalen Slauson, so so final pick of the draft. This one I thought for sure you were gonna take, and I think that this might go against like this is kind of a a hedge your bet move here. If San Diego State doesn't win the conference, Ooh. Wyoming is going to Wyoming. Which is going to be really, really, really bad when neither of them win and the Boise State Broncos come in and win it all. That would be actually <laughs> But uh, I think that as far as at-large bids go, I think that both of them will find themselves in the dance. And so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and bank on one of them winning regular season and conference title, or they're going to be sharing either. So, And I think yeah. they'll have a good chance. Uh, Maldonado is a star player, which is really cool. And I think it'll be a good chance for them to run. So EK is good. I, I, I like that pick. I would just stayed away because you had San Diego State. And I feel like it's hard to bet against the Aztecs because they're always the top of the class there. And then it kind of threw me off. The Mountain West really struggled in the tournament last year. Like, none of the four teams that made it had any type of showing that was, you know, worthy of being a four-bed league. Right. So, though Mountain West teams don't typically do super well in the tournament, mm -hmm. I'm hoping that – what San Diego State, I think, can, can manage pretty pretty well. But yeah. I'm yep. hoping that Wyoming turns it around and can go at least to the second round. Yeah, for sure. So, um. That moves us into our – so we're already cruising in towards an hour and a half here, but that is – we will have this all up on Mental Dimes by the end uh, or here in the next couple of days with a total breakdown of the points, with a total breakdown of Shay and my teams that we have picked, um, what's on the line, all of that. And so if you end up getting a group of people that wants to join us in doing this and making it fun, uh, I think it'd be – it's, again, fantasy for, for college basketball. It'll be a good time. So um, with this next segment, we're going to make it super quick, but – um, I was told, I, I mentioned, I was like, I don't know if we're going to do an elite eight this week. And people were like, what do you mean? Like, why, why would you do that? So really quickly, shout out to Shay. He won last week. First win of the year. Congratulations. So by the way, I started off by tweeting out that I was three and oh, and that was incorrect. And so Shay's back to me. <laughs> he called me a communist. So like, yeah. I, I was like, I'm sorry, but I think I, I tipped the balance of the universe, and Shay won. Wait, wait, put your arm up again. Put your arm up. What do you? Oh, do? oh, you have another conspiracy theory up your sleeve. <laughs> Get out! You're just like sitting on these. Oh, I laugh, I laugh. But Shay ended up winning our late night snacks. And before we jump into our elite eight segment, we are sponsored by the great and wonderful people at Kona Ice. So absolute greatest thing in the world come summertime you've got our kona ice band cruising around your neighborhood with all of the fantastic music that gets stuck in your head but it's okay because they come to deliver you ice cream so great for any occasion whether you're buying it for your kids you're buying it for your friends um you've got it for an organization uh because you appreciate them we love kona ice and all of the sweet treats they bring us and you always have the option to give them a call in advance and say hey we would love it if you came to our door for our company party, for our teacher appreciation week, for our kids' birthday party. They are here to accommodate your needs, and they want to make sure that you are hooked up for summer because we love Kona Ice, and they are here to keep you cooled down. Love them. Big fan of Kona Ice. And we are going to jump into our Elite Eight segment, but I'm actually glad that you said this during the draft. wanted to give a huge shout-out to Joseph Settle. 
So we had Dr. Bradley on a little bit earlier. By the way, I've we've gotten a couple of comments here while we're playing. Um, Bradley was on early in the show. So if at yeah. any point you're wanting to catch his interview with us, we're going to wrap this up here in the next 15 minutes or so. Um, you can jump straight on to the Mental Dimes YouTube and you can play it right back and you can catch him. We're talking like the very beginning um, of the episode. So that'll be there for you if you want to check that out. We'll have a um, separate um, separate YouTube video of just the interview too, right? I think yeah, that's so yeah. In, in the next couple of days, we'll make sure also just yeah. Just to have the interview separate so you don't have to listen to us rambling on about yeah. going to New York or to Washington and stuff like that. But um, oh, so, again, though, huge shout out to one of our writers, Joseph Settle. Um, he had the really great opportunity to talk to Dr. Bradley's head coach, um, Greg Heyer, who has just taken over the New Mexico State program. Uh, really, really awesome interview. If you want to go check it out at mentaldimes.com. If you're following us on YouTube right now, we've got a picture. Um, up on the screen that kind of gives you a breakdown in his intro of what's going on. But it was a really great interview. He did, I thought he did a really good job. Um, and yeah. For him, I thought it was big time. It actually got shared by the uh, official men's basketball page of New Mexico State. Um, Which is super cool. Yeah, they shared it on their Twitter. I think it kind of blew up from there. And it was really, really impressive interview. If, you'd, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, go to our website and check it out. And so he just joined us. And uh, if you want to check him out, you can follow him on Twitter. He's at Settle1-2009. Um, by the way, Settle is S-E-T-T-L-E. So again, for those of you who can't see this on the screen, it's at Settle, S-E-T-T-L-E-1-2009. So again, go check him out. Awesome job, Joseph. Really, Also, it was perfect timing, too. He's, we're like, hey, we're going to have Dr. Bradley on. He's like, hey, I'm going to go interview their head coach. <laughs> we were like. Well, that's well, cool. Hand hand. <laughs> like that worked out great. Thanks, man. <laughs> oh boy. So uh for our lead eight segment, we'll do this quick and we'll wrap it up for you. But Shay and I have decided we are gonna go with well, I'm trying, did I even get uh, oh yes, elite eight basketball accessories. So we we did talk beforehand, like jersey, shorts, shoes off the table. Because if you said shoes, you would have won automatically. Your jersey is gonna be dependent on who you play for your shorts, whatever. So we, we took the basics off the table. We're just talking like the extra stuff that people are wearing. So I'm not even going to say one because I'm not going to tell you what is on the list. So you won last week, Wait, by the way. Are my you husband, one of your burner accounts already? You can't vote till after the show. I'm making the poll so that I can quickly switch to those burner accounts. So I'm going to set up the poll in advance, but know that okay. on deck on my five other screens, I us here i'll be clicking trevor no immediately after my heartbreaking no loss. Your connection so bad sometimes you have like 17 wi-fi uh outlets <laughs> i'm just i have like a whole just lab of computers over here that no one can know about good all right all right Who's so you won last week you've got the number one pick i believe so oh right. boy i have to go with you know you took Murray State for me earlier, so I have to take the headband from you. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't that's have a, time that's to the go Shireman dig. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, where's my picture of Shireman, by the way? That would be nice for my uh, headband selection. I'm not, I'm not giving you one now. You don't Another get conspiracy. <laughs> but yeah, give me the headband, whether it's for luck or for actual, you know, preventing sweat from dripping in your eyes, it's useful. Um, and the way Shireman rocks it, there's plenty of guys like that across the country. It's just 
you know, you're a real hooper if you have one on. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, if you're going to wear it, you better be good. And I'm going to actually follow up your pick with an elite accessory, which if you are wearing these, you are either spectacular or you are like an old school law professor that played like 40 years ago. I'm going with the rec specs and the goggles. Give me those. Like we're talking like old school Amari Stoudemire, Dr. J, the rec specs coming in. Amari Stoudemire. I just have a 2006. I love it. <laughs> it's old school, old school. But so Shay at number one takes headband. I at number two am going to take the rec spec goggles. Go for it. For sure. Uh, give me the basketball leggings next, you know. See you guys wearing it under the shorts. Goes right down to your ankles, right under your socks. Perfect for guys that love to get dirty and dive on the floor. No cuts, no bruises, no, you know, floor burns. Um, also looks pretty sweet if you rock it correctly. Um, some people will wear like black socks with white leggings. That's not. That's not. You know. Some guys are like <laughs> Uncle Drew, and he just tucks his sweats yeah. socks and calls it leggings. It's fine. Yeah. But um, again, another useful, it looks cool, but very useful, stops you from getting floor burns. Gotta, gotta wear it sometimes. Whatever. I wear rec specs so I can get floor burns too. I don't care. That's the only, take care of my eyes. I thought you have contacts. Say what? I thought you I were do. a contact type of guy. I, I am. I do have the contacts. That's true. One of these days I'll show up in glasses. You'll be like, I don't know who you are. That's Who's that? That's interesting. <laughs> All right, number three pick. Um, um, leggings was a good one. Leggings was on my list. Um, I'm gonna go the shooting sleeve. I just think a mellow, like just raining for the Nuggets or Syracuse, if you want to go fancy there. But uh, shooting sleeve again, I feel like a lot of a lot of ball players wear it. It's kind of like the same thing with leggings. It's like it's, it's there for the arms as opposed to the legs, and you look really good when you swish it, and you've got your team's like colors there i like it so shooting sleep there you go to me that's like the show off accessory like you yeah, think you're a shooter. they show off because we're good shoot who's gonna <laughs> shoot jay okay just i should have i should have brought all of mine as just like just you ever find it like you find it weird that guys will wear a shooting sleeve on their off hand like if you shoot with your right hand and you're wearing it on your left arm how does that make I any love- sense I, I feel like I'm that guy. Like, I'm like, yeah. there's no reason for me to I have this one at all. So, you know what? Who cares? Like, I'm, yeah. No, but no, I'm with you where it's like, you're not mm-hmm. even using what this is for. This is for you. <laughs> all right. What does that leave me? Um, yeah, we're dwindling pretty fast. I think when we made this, like, my list has got the, slim pickings. Who won the title tonight? Who won the NBA championship? Oh, shoot. final. Oh, the Warriors. The Warriors won again. What does Steph Curry wear every game? Oh, my God. This was set. He wears the a shooting sleeve. The mouthpiece. He's wearing for his shooting. Mouth guard. Yes. That's it. Mouth oh, guard. I thought you were going to go with, like, his wristband or something. Ooh, ooh uh, that was a good pick. No, nah, I'll take the mouth guard. Um, uh, you know, good Curry kind of – There's a lot of players that wear it, but Curry rocks it the best. You know, he's always grabbing it and – fighting on it and throwing it in the crowd. There was on, I think it was part of my take the other day that they had mentioned someone had done like a deep stat dive into Curry with, with Curry with, with mouth guard in shoots at this 
blitz percentage, Curry with mouth guard halfway out while he's got the ball shoots at this percentage, and it is much higher. <laughs> so uh, something yeah. about it. But he still has it. it. He still has it as an accessory either way. So the be- if the best yeah, shooter, yeah, it's, yeah. And I, I didn't mean that as, as like it's out or yeah. something like that. But yeah. it's just like it's part of part of this game. Best shooter I ever. I should win automatically. That was a good one. That was a good pick. Okay. What do you got? Um, what do you got I'm going to go. I think I'm just going to stick in like early 90s basketball. <laughs> like I have Rex Rex. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with the old school, just the wristbands, which I feel like if you pull those out, like it's a nod to the history of basketball. Like you'll understand. And then you can actually use them, which is way better than most of the accessories <laughs> that we typically have. But I like those. Like if I, I just think of like Patrick Ewing back in the day, he's got the double wristbands. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan. So give me the, the, the old school wristbands. I'm thinking of like local YMCA over 55 leagues. This is that's my guy right now with Rex specs and yeah. and unnecessary shooting sleeves that they're probably wearing for prosthetic purposes. Uh-huh. And thick wristbands. I don't like my list right now. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh all right. All right. This you. one this one's going to blow the doors off the uh off the house right here with the last pick. I'm going to take the sock with the NBA logo on it. The NBA logo socks. If you wear these, you are legit. Um, I see guys in high school wearing them, college, even straight up to the NBA. So I just took old school wristbands over socks. God dang it. I, <laughs> myself, like, I almost would take that over. Shoot, what am I doing? Exactly. What am I doing? Yeah. All right. I, no, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. We're fine. We, we, what got, do you got like? we got time to come back. My list no, is like nothing at this point. My list is zero. <laughs> I'm like, the, my next three options are disasters. But I like, I actually don't mind this one just because, I mean, it's like a very important accessory. But I'm going to go with anything athletic tape. So you've got, whether it's your shoulders, you got your wrist taped up, you got your knees taped up. Um, you need mm-hmm. it for any injury thing. Like 90% of probably all basketball players have been taped up at some point in their career. So as an accessory, I don't know if you want to. You don't want to wear. Yeah, I don't know if I want to have it per se, but it's there for me when I need it. And so I'm going to go with athletic tape. I now have officially created an old man at the YMCA. (laughs) I've done it. You better be hitting up your uh, local YMCA's for some votes this week. Oh my God! I don't even know what to do with myself right now. So, all right, I okay. Hold on, let me. Quick, quick snap a couple. I've been snapping a few of these in here while we've been. But I think I've got all of them. Rex, Bex, Galashings. Okay. Ticker on the bottom is letting you know who's got what. And, again, this is always something we will post every uh, week on our social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, you guys get to go vote this week. We have yet to come up with a punishment again, I believe. We need to come up Can with something. So, what your punishment is for last week? Oh, God. So, for losing last week, my all of my profile pictures across all of social media will become a BYU Cougars logo. Ah, super pumped about that. People are gonna. I mean, I'm gonna catch endless heat from my friends who probably don't watch this. They're gonna be like, "What are you doing? Like, why are you doing?" <laughs> they wouldn't even think it's a joke. Like, it's not. It's to the point where it's like, I like our basketball loyalty to GU is so heavy, and our hatred of St. Mary's and BYU is so uh-huh. heavy. Stupid Jimmer. 
um, that they won't wow. even see it as funny. They'll be like, Wyatt, this isn't a joke. This isn't cool. Take that down. So, so you got me yeah, with the funny wait. tweet. You got me with the funny tweet a couple weeks ago. I would much rather have this one in the bank because now you have to do it for a whole week. Uh, if he, everyone sees that. Like if you tweet or you post a Facebook status, they're going to see that BYU Cougar logo yeah. just hanging out. Dumb, 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 dumb. But I will, I'll take it. That's fine. Yes. All right, fine. I lost. Blah. But this week, come vote for me and the YMCA guy. Going to be really excited. Going to be cool. We're going to we're gonna dominate the list. I created my player, like NBA 2K. Great. NBA but YMCA. We will post that up for social media. And again, <laughs> the YMCA 2K. Um, but again, we'll post this up on our social media, so be sure to vote. And we'll also have all of our draft information and who the, we have picked um, up on Mental Dimes here in a couple of days. Um, again, huge thank you to Dr. Bradley for coming on, taking time out of his day to come speak with us. So go Aggies. Big fan of them right now. And do you have anything else for the good of the order, man? No, I think we hit it all. I love it. So again, please check us out at mentaldimes.com. Follow Shay and I uh, on Twitter at mentaldimesncaa. And you guys have a fantastic night. We will catch you next week.